Under the Tartan Sky, Episode 32, produced 8 September 2016. From humble beginnings as a fiddle player, Doogie McLean picked up the guitar, as so many did back in the 1960s and 70s, and the rest, as they say, is history. Now, more than 40 years later, he has his own recording label, has built a recording studio in the schoolhouse where his father learned to write with chalk on a slate tablet, has penned one of Scotland's most loved songs, and broadcast his music live to his legions of fans worldwide via satellite. Along the way, Doogie has vowed to keep his music authentic to Scotland, his home and the land that inspires him. Coming up, part two of Doogie MacLean, Songs of Scotland, here under the tartan sky. Scotland has been changing the world as we know it for centuries, one innovation at a time. The television, telephone, even the tyres on your automobile are all possible thanks to Scottish ingenuity. And that's just the tease. In 2016, Scotland celebrates the Year of Innovation, Architecture and Design. It's a time to discover unique crafts, textiles and designs, including tartan and Harris tweed. A time to marvel at architecture both old and new, from the Scottish National Gallery in Edinburgh to Glasgow's Clyde Auditorium. A time to wonder at the engineering brilliance of feats like the Fourth Bridge or the towering sculptures of the Kelpies. There's more to Scotland than bagpipes, whisky and breathtaking natural beauty. Come and experience the year of innovation, architecture and design 2016. Come and experience Scotland. Doogie MacLean is Scotland's preeminent singer-songwriter. His song, Caledonia, written over 30 years ago when he was a young musician just getting started, is so popular it's often considered the unofficial national anthem of Scotland. In the run-up to IndyRef in 2014, there were many who were ready to vote yes to independence and yes to making Caledonia the country's official anthem. But there is another side to Doogie MacLean. Besides his singing, songwriting, and performing talents, he is also a composer. His best-known work, a piece originally written for a Loch Ness promotional film called The Search, was later adapted as The Gale for the movie The Last of the Mohicans. Now in his early 60s, McLean is admittedly on the downhill side of a 40-year career, but he's not slowing down, telling us in part one of our conversation that he's doing as many gigs now as ever before. One of those gigs is the annual Perthshire Amber Doogie McLean Music Festival. Founded more than a decade ago and held in the autumn of each year, the perfect time to visit and appreciate his home of Perthshire, according to Doogie, The once 10-day event has been pared down to four, but offers still a unique blend of music, history, culture, nature, and more. In part two of my discussion with Doogie MacLean, we explore further the influence of his home in Scotland on his music, 
We'll talk a bit about the upcoming music festival and about the future, how he's keeping in touch with his fans worldwide through Butterstone TV and his musical legacy. First, though, we begin with a sampling of his work as a composer. Just over a year ago, in July 2015, McLean released Perthshire Amber, a new CD featuring a four-part instrumental suite that he composed to honor the part of Scotland he calls home. Reviewer Michael Simmons calls it, quote, his most ambitious and successful composition yet, a beautifully evocative piece of music, end quote. Here then is Perthshire Amber, The First Movement, and afterwards I continue my discussion with Doogie McLean. Thank you. 
we've talked a little bit about how your growing up in Scotland influences your music and um, your musical influences. I'm kind of curious because you mentioned uh, folks like James Taylor and Jackson Brown, the Beatles, that were all musicians that I grew up listening to. If Doogie McLean had been born here in the States, would you be the same person? Would you be the same musician, do you think? No, probably not. You know, I mean, that's a very good question, and I, 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 I do think I owe a lot of the interest in what I do to the fact that I live what I live, and and I'm able to kind of reflect a kind of lifestyle, that kind of rural lifestyle that I that I grew up with. You know, I, I mean, uh, luckily I was able to connect with that earlier on, early on, because when I was younger, you know, I I didn't realized that the, the, the way to be, you know, the way to, to make a career out of a musician was being completely honest and connect with your, with with, with the real you, you know. And uh, so I, in my early days, I tried to do all, all kinds of things and write pop songs and all kinds of things. And then, I don't know, a, a light bulb went on one day and I just realized that, uh, you know, that the, the, the secret of it was to be completely honest to who you are and, and, and warts and all, you know. And um, so I, I, on the years that I've been a musician, I do think I owe it a lot to the fact that I had this lovely rural childhood in this beautiful part of of the world. Had I grown up in even in Glasgow or Edinburgh, I probably would not have been the same musician, you know. Um, I, I wouldn't have had the same... Um, I wouldn't have grown up with the same magic around me that, 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 that made me kind of... Uh, that, my my imagination, you know, to stimulate my imagination, maybe, you know. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I think that's... Uh, and I think if I was in America... I mean, I, I, I hear it in American songwriters as well, you know, and and that's why I, I love people like James Taylor and Jackson Brown, and I love the, you know, the every Joni Mitchell stuff and the Bob Dylan stuff, you know. You, there is an authenticity in it, you know. I can't sing songs like them because, you know, they sing about... Um, Los Angeles, or you know, they they, they, <laughs> yeah. they sing they, they they sing about the the Berkshire, the Berkshires and the you know uh, uh, Berkshire, yeah, yeah. or or something. You know, I mean, I love the kind of authenticity of of that kind of songwriting, and I I get it from these songwriters, you know, and uh, and 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 I can hear it whenever I hear any any songwriter. I think I can, I, I think I, I, I you either feel it or you don't feel it, you know, and I get it when it's when it's authentic, and I know it's authentic, you know. You know what I mean? You know, it's there's some there's a there's a level of there's a there's a level in there that, that that's not necessarily it's in the lyrics and it's in the melodies. You know, my melodies are not the same. I don't have a kind of blues background. I, I can't sing the blues. You know, <laughs> I don't use jazz chords. My melodies are more more Gaelic Highland kind of melodies. You know, and and my poetry is probably the same. You know, so. It was when I realized that, that I stopped trying to be like an American songwriter. <laughs> I've become a Scottish songwriter. <laughs> Probably um, and, a good and, thing to do. And, and, yeah, but it's, it's, it's difficult because there's not a tradition in Scotland of, of, of that kind of contemporary songwriting as much, you know. And it was a much harder. I think I might have, you know, I think it's been a very hard road living in Perthshire in Scotland, being a contemporary songwriter. It's not as much part of the culture as it would have been in America, you know, in the 60s, because you had that, you know, it was, that's why I love coming to perform in America, because the audiences are, are, are have got this history of, of 
listening to new songs and you know um, lyrical lyrical type songs you know we don't have the same in Scotland you know well, that's interesting because uh, I know you've performed with many of the artists that we've been talking about. And and I have to wonder because unless you're an American who's into perhaps the folk scene or like myself, a very strong affinity Scott, I know that a lot of, I guarantee you, I could go out and mention your name to my 10 closest friends today and they don't have a clue who I'm talking about. And, <laughs> and, and so Doogie McLean's music does not get radio play here in, in the United States. Has that ever been an issue for you? Is that something you ever longed for or you regret that you didn't accomplish? No, I think, you know, I mean, I don't get radio play in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, okay. it's, 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 a, it's, um, I think there are two paths that you, that you, that you, you travel as a, as a musician, you know, if you want to get your picture on the front page of Q magazine, <laughs> you go one way, you know, and if you want to get played on the radio you, you, and, and in that process, you, 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 you trade something for that, you know, the other path is that you just want to spend your life traveling around, making a you know making a nice living, paying, bringing your children up, um, being able to live in the place that you want to live, um, sharing your thoughts and your music with people, and uh, you you know you you won't get the radio play, but you know but but you 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 have the integrity at the end of the day, you know, with it all, you know, and then people are still dis- you know are discovering me, you know, and that, that's a lovely feeling, you know. I mean, it's sort of like. Uh, so a lot of people are there to, to, to discover me, you know, sure. and, and, and at my age. So it's great. You know, you've never, I've not peaked. Or <laughs> 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 well, I've not used up all my public, you know. I mean, so it's a lovely thing to to be, uh, to have people coming along saying, God, I can't believe I've never had just music all my life, you know, and uh, and go, well, that's, that's nice, you know, it's nice. You, well, I, I can you tell you. Now and, yeah, and I can tell you, as a fan of yours, it was a real joy when I found your music because I'm a, I, I love your type of music. I'm a huge James Taylor, um, Jackson Brown, Kenny Loggins, um, America. Yeah. Those are all bands that, that I really enjoy an artist. Um, and your music, I think, fits right into there, along with touching the, the Scottish in my soul. You've had a, a good, long career. And as you say, now in your early 60s, as I am, you're playing as many gigs as, as ever. One of the things I, I want to make sure we talk about, and that is, and that I like about Doogie McLean, is that you're giving back to to Scotland, to your fans in the form of, I guess the official name is the Perthshire Amber Festival. I, I know it's called the Doogie McLean Festival. Yes. And it's a music, history, culture, it involves nature and, and a lot more. Tell me a little about that festival and, and what was the inspiration behind it? Because it's been going for a few years now. Yeah, I mean, basically the, the idea in the, was, was to try and bring people, you know, I've spent all these years traveling around and it was to try and make a, a reason for people to come and visit this part of the world that has inspired the music that I, that I make, you know. And uh, so we, we started a a festival and, uh, and and getting people to come and see the places that I've written songs about, or that you know just just, just generally sort of soak up the vibe of the area, and uh, and also to get uh, some of my friends, my musician friends, to come along and 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 just keep that kind of um, uh, you know it's not just about music, like I say, you know, like you said, you know, we 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 take people out on kind of historic walks, and it's just a, a way of getting to know the area and. Uh, we do all kinds of fun things, and uh, it's been a huge success. And people travel from, I think it was, oh, I can't remember, 36 different countries or something we had for wow. last year, people from. And um, and the locals love it, too, because it brings in, you know, uh, we, we did an economic impact 
served me last year, and it brought over a million pound into the economy. You know, so the the, the bed and breakfast and the coffee shops love me <laughs> <laughs> for that sort of period of time. You know, and but it's great. You know, and and, and it is. It's kind of it, it's trying to kind of build the big picture. You know. So you're not just a musician, you know, that's working in a studio and that's all you, you know, and that's where your music comes from. The music comes from this landscape and the people here and everything. So it's 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 a it's a nice thing for people to do to come and visit that, uh, to, to to visit the, the you know the where it, where it grows out of, you know. And you bring in, as well as established artists, and as you say, some of your musical friends, a part of the event I know features new musicians. Is that something that's important to you? Yeah, well, you know, we all we all started playing in, in the folk clubs, you know, which were just little rooms at the back of hotels, you know, of 30 or 40 people. And um, so a big part of the festival is the open mics, you know, where people can come along and just go up and sing three or four songs and... And in fact, a couple of younger musicians have done quite well from coming along and, and, you know, just, you know, showcasing their stuff and the public love it. You know, it gives a, a nice, people get to see, uh, what, uh, what's happening with the, with the younger players. Um, in the evenings, we have a thing called Cabaret Amber, which is a kind of step between the open mics and the, and the proper concerts. So for musicians who maybe couldn't do, you know, wouldn't work with on a concert situation, um, the open mics, the, the, the cabaret ambers, you know, it holds about 120 people, and but they get to do a, a proper half-hour show of their of their stuff, and 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 they're and it's free, you know, for the public, so it's incredibly popular, and um, yeah, and it makes it, it it mixes all the musicians together from the young ones, and we all sort of hang about in the bars together, so that there's no barrier between the people who are coming to do the bigger shows and the guys that are up doing a few songs. At the open mic, because it's, it's all the same, really, you know, just that some other people have put more time and energy into it, you know, but the, some brilliant music gets performed at the open mics. And um, so, it's, yeah, it's a very kind of holistic kind of approach that we have to the whole play, the whole thing and uh, organic, you know. And we have a big charity thing, you know, I, I all the shows we put, we encourage the people to bring, to go to their fridge and take out a tin of beans or something and bring it along to the show and put it in these baskets, and we collect during the whole festival, and then we uh, we take vans of the food down to a, an organization called the Serenians, and they help homeless people, you know, the people who are, are having, having problems with food and stuff and that, and uh, yeah, all kinds of interesting things go on during the, during the time, you know, and that reminds everybody that, you know, we're having great fun, there are other people having, you know, hard times, and it just makes the whole thing feel... Kind of, you know, genuine. Sure, sure. Well, it, it it just talking about it makes me want to go grab a few tin of beans in my Hofner bass and come on over and play a little <laughs> <Come> music. <on. laughs> yeah, you would probably love it. You would love it. Yeah. Oh, and, I, uh, I know. Well, I, I used would. to have a. We used to own a little pub in Dunkeld in the little town, and it was a little music pub. Which um, we had it for five or six years. We invented this little music pub, and uh, some of the music sessions we had in that pub. Well, just some of the best music I've ever sat in and on, you know, just people playing for fun, you know, not performing, just sitting in in, in the bar, just making music for fun and uh, playing with each other. And uh, for me, that's the, that is the, 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 the real magic of music is when people kind of get together and use it like a, a vocabulary, you know, and they're just sitting 
getting doing it for themselves, you know, and the public then get a, get a, a privilege, get a glimpse of it, you know, as a kind of byproduct. <laughs> well, and it, it's amazing you mentioned that because I have a one of the guys that I played with in a garage band back when we were teenagers. Um, he is now a singer songwriter in Texas and uh, in, in the folk scene, and and he performs often with a partner, a young lady named, and I'm going to destroy her name, uh, KJ. Ryman Snyder Wagner, and she knows you from back in the early 2000s and actually played in your pub at one time and wrote a song called Scotland is Home. Um, and, and so you and I have, yeah. we have a, we have a connection there that, that I guess neither one of us knew about until just now, probably. <laughs> there you go. Well, Brian and I both have been and traveling in Scotland over the years for music and just not together because we're a recently formed duo and uh, we both love the country so much. This is a song I wrote actually when I had a wonderful invitation to play in Dunkeld, Scotland and had the wonderful opportunity as well to meet a gentleman by the name of Doogie McLean. And this song is all about Doogie's previous club called the Tay Bank, which is held in Dunkeld, Scotland. It's amazing what a trip will do to the uh, spirit. Walking here from the station with the moon up above.
Well, I remember one time it was. Um, oh yeah, listen, I have a piano. It was a wonderful thing about the the, the pub was I, I have a piano that was owned by Andrew Carnegie. Actually, believe it or not, um, Carnegie who built Carnegie Hall yes. in New York, and his granddaughter lived about a mile. Well, she's gone, but she lived a couple of miles from me. And when they closed Skibo Castle down, where that was Carnegie's big castle. She inherited two pianos, a Steinway piano and this upright Bechstein, and uh, she advertised it in the local paper, and I, I bought the piano, and it was in my house. And when we opened the pub, we took this beautiful 100-year-old Bechstein upright and put it in the pub. And um, people thought we were crazy putting this really valuable piano in our pub, but it was the heart of our of our pub because it was a, a good piano, and people would travel for miles just to come and play the piano. And uh, we had, uh, we had you know, nobody with big signs saying, do not put your pint on this piano, <laughs> um, and nobody ever did, and there was never ever accidents with it. But uh, you know, it was um, it, it was that kind of thing. The pub became very special, and having a good piano in a pub is is kind of um, because we would have classical guys coming in and just travelling north. We'd stop in and then say, "Can we play the piano?" And then you'd get a, a Beethoven, you know, and then we'd get jazz guys coming in and saying, "Can I play a bit of the piano?" And it was brilliant, you know, and. Um, the pub just became too much work for us in the end, and we we sold it eventually because it was, it was it's an all-consuming kind of thing, and uh, sure, but it was great fun. And I know that it inspired at least one song about Scotland. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, it, it's nice to know that it inspired, I'm sure, an awful lot of music uh, by different artists. Um, and talking about but music, what I tell you, what, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was one of the things that we're doing now, though. My my, my son and I, which is a brilliant thing, is that the, we have this thing called Butterstone TV. I don't right. know if you've heard about it. Before we get too far or get on to that, because I do want to talk about that, but the point I wanted to get to was about your festival, is that we're, we're talking music in a pub. It's not a festival in the sense that people come to an outdoor event and there's a huge stage and everything takes place on that stage. In this case, there are performances that are done in castles, in proper concert halls, in pubs, and all in a number of different venues throughout the area there. So that seems a rather unique thing about the Doogie McLean Festival. How did you come about to doing, was it just a necessity to make a, to be able to take advantage of different venues like that? Well, no, I mean, part, it's, it's part of the, the, the wonderful the wonderful thing that we have some fantastic buildings uh, around Perthshire. And so it was, it, was, um, it was getting people to be able to go and see shows in these wonderful buildings. I mean, the buildings are as much the stars of the festival as the, as the, as the, as the performers, you know. And so we, we were doing shows in places like Blair Apple Castle, which has got this fantastic hall. We do shows in the Dunkeld Cathedral, which is uh, an old medieval cathedral, which is in the village. And, and then we'd go to a, a, a Burgary Town Hall, which is, a, you know, a, a, a town hall from the 30s. And it, just, it was a wonderful thing to give everybody a, a flavor of the, of, of, the, of the place. You know, it was very hugely um, challenging for our technical team who had to break everything down every night and move all the kit to another strange venue yeah but we, we we did it and um and it was it was it's fantastic you know and and then during the day we would do we would do shows in things like um the murphy castle chapel which is this fantastic old um private chapel of the castle and people don't get access to it very often only holds about 150 people but the atmosphere in there is is, is, is quite incredible you know and uh and we also do a little show on a a reconstructed Iron Age Cranach out on the middle of a loch, which is a, which is what the Iron Age people would have lived in, with the straw 
a straw kind of conical roof on wooden stilts in in the loch, and it only holds 40 people. And the tickets sell within the first five minutes because people just love going and listening to music in that kind of unique environment, you know. And uh, so that the, the environment adds to the music as well. You know, the, sometimes theatres can be quite bland, you know, modern theatres can be quite bland when you're in an environment like, like that. Um, you can't help but have a good concert because the, the building's adding its own its own dynamic to the show, you know. Well, it adds that authenticity you've been talking about so much. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and people love it, you know. It's it's quite magical. Some of the shows are, are um, because of the buildings. and Some of the shows in the cathedral in Dunkeld, it's a fantastic place to sing because it was designed... With this big, you know, it's a big medieval cathedral, um, but it's the choir of the medieval cathedral. So when the audience, and it holds about, I don't know, three, three hundred people, but when the people, audience starts singing, you know, because these buildings were made for singing in, you know, the sound of, the, of an audience singing in that is just spectacular and uh, put, the, put the goosebumps up there, you know. Whereas in a normal theatre, sometimes, you know, it, it, they're so, it's so dead and designed for, you know, modern design for PA systems that when an audience starts singing, you, well, you don't really hear them, you know. Right. So, right. Yeah, so there's all kinds of things like that that make it very special. Well, and one of the things that's special, and you were, you were about to go there, and that is that if you can't be in Scotland, and, and I'm dying now because I know I won't be able to be there um, this year, but maybe next time, but there is Butterstone TV. Um, Doogie McLean is becoming a multimedia mogul, I suppose. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, so there'll be live streaming of the concert, but tell me a little more about Butterstone TV. What's that all about? It's a brilliant thing. I mean, what happened was, you know, as I was getting older, and I wanted to invent a model in which a musician like me can keep in touch with all the people that I've played to over the years uh, without actually doing the traveling, because, you know, you just can't be everywhere. And uh, luckily, my son and I are both kind of quite techie, uh, you know, and so... We we now do uh, we started this thing called Butterstone TV, which um, we shoot with four cameras. It's in high definition. We we broadcast live every month a one hour concert of me live from the from the old school here in Butterstone, and um, and it's fantastic. And uh, and when we do the festival, we take the cameras in and we shoot all the shows live and broadcast them. Broadcast them live uh, on the internet, and of course these days, you know, you take your laptop, plug it into your television screen, and it's just like watching TV, you know. So um, it's added this whole uh, this whole other dimension to what we what we do here. And on any one of the live nights when I'm performing in the old school, I'll have people from Florida, from New York, from Norway, Sweden, Germany, from the Philippines, from New Zealand, and Australia all watching together live at the same time. And they can send me emails then during the show and make requests and things and that. And it's a great way of kind of, um, you know, keeping that kind of global family of people who've discovered what I do and enjoy it um, together, you know, as time goes on, you know. And uh, we've had some fantastic fun with it. You could probably remember this, and, and I'm a little sketchy on the details because it's been years ago, but I'm I'm sitting here listening to you talk about Butterstone TV, and I'm a bit of a techie guy myself, um, and I'm remembering back to the first live 
worldwide global satellite broadcast. And if you remember, the Beatles were on it and kind of capped the broadcast off and played All You Need Is Love. And it's, <laughs> and it's amazing how we've come from, in, in, in our lifetime, mine and your lifetime, how we've come from that to a point where now Doogie McLean can sit in his own little studio and broadcast to the world and have his own live global concert. Well, that's that's exactly it. You know, I mean, I'm doing my son and I are doing my daughter does the, the live vision mixing. We're doing it in the old school that my father learned to write on a piece of slate with oh chalk, <laughs> and now his grandson and uh, his son and his grandson are broadcasting to the entire planet with a satellite that's on the roof of the school. I mean, it's quite mind-boggling, you know, in, in, in one man's... Sadly, my father passed away a few years ago, but he was there when we were... He was alive when we were we were doing it, you know, and he used to used to talk to me about it, and he used to say how incredible. In his lifetime, he, in that one building, you know, in that same room, you know, that the, the, that we were doing it. And, and, and I love that, too. You know, I love the authenticity of the fact that the broadcasts are coming from our studio in our school it's not some fancy television studio you know it's uh it's just it's just it's in in butterstone in in the old school and uh, i think people who watch it get that vibe as well you know they know that it's not fake <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what i mean you know and i try and keep it very informal and, and you know just like my shows and um and it's great fun, yeah. And I mean, in one 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 month, it was a lovely evening. So we just we packed up all the kit, went about a mile along the road to the side of the loch, to the lake side, set up a put a seat at the side of the loch, set up the track and the cameras and the generators and everything, and we did it from from live from the the, the outside beside the loch. Oh. And there was ge- there was geese landing behind me, <laughs> and, you know, flies, and the midges came out, and but it was lovely, you know. And oh yeah, the, the Scottish midges. Oh. The Scottish, yeah, and it was a great thing to be able to share with people who you know who might never have been to Scotland, you know, and uh, just get that wee bit of atmosphere. <laughs> and we'll have the link on on the the podcast website to where people can check out Butterstone TV and and learn about the festival and all. You've had obviously a forty plus year career now, obviously still going strong. Um, but when you sit back, or do you ever sit back and think about the long term of your music, your legacy, and and you know what would you like to think people take away from your music? Well, that's a difficult question to ask. You know. I um I I just like singing uh, uh, sh- sharing the, the fact that I have a wee bit of a of a, of a knack for it um, long term legacy I don't know whether that's I, I would like to think that maybe people would, would 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 listen to the songs and enjoy them you know if they discover them you know come upon the the Dougie McLean collection and go ah, you know in, in years to come. Um, Songs are very powerful things, and I know I, I get many less letters from people saying, you know, thanking me for songs that have helped them through hard times and helped them kind of, you know, uh, when they were feeling very down or, you know, uh, the, the particular song of mine has helped them. And so, you know, we are like, um, I suppose, as musicians, part of what we do is being a kind of traveling social worker or something. You know, <laughs> music music is magic, and I really do believe there's a magic in it if it's done for the right reasons. And... Hopefully that magic is still there within the songs when I'm when I'm when I'm gone, and uh, maybe people maybe people will still be able to to, uh, to 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 use it as a as a medicine to you know to heal them or to make them feel better. Until we meet again, 
I wish you well. I hope your light shines easily. And until we meet again, it doesn't matter how we've done on our full sight. I'll see you further on. You may struggle, you may toil. To support the walls around you, I'll only burn the midnight oil until the pools of bright will drown, will drown you. But until we meet again, I wish you well. I hope your light shines in. And until we meet again, it doesn't matter how we've done on Athol's side. I'll see you further on. This day is all but done, and in the space between, we will be afraid. What's to come, or we will gently dream, dream on. But until we meet again, I wish you well. I hope your light shines easily. And until we meet again, it doesn't matter how we've done on earth. I'll see further Until we meet again, I wish you well. I hope your light shines easily. And until we meet again, it doesn't matter how we've done on Athol's side. I'll see you further on. Until we meet again. I wish you well. I hope your light shines easily. And until we meet again, it doesn't matter how we've done on Athol's side. I'll see you further on. My thanks, as always, to my oh-so-special guest. Doogie McLean. The Perthshire Amber Doogie McLean Music Festival is upcoming on November 3rd through the 6th. 
You'll find a link to the website in our show notes at www.underthetartansky.scot where you can learn a great deal more. My thanks as well to my friend, former Pastimes bandmate and singer-songwriter Brian Kalanick, now often of Kalanick and KJ, for arranging permission to use that live performance by he and KJ of her song, Scotland is Home. And finally, a quick word of apology for the delay in bringing this episode online. August through October is my busiest time of year when the day job unfortunately sometimes forces me to put my passion for Scotland and this podcast on the back burner. I thank you for sticking with me and the podcast, and we'll try to get back to a more regular production schedule over the next several weeks, just as soon as my work commitments and travel will allow. I'm Glenn Moyer, and, well, pardon me, Doogie, but until we meet again, Tapalev, I guess Alapa Gubra. Under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications. For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes, please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot. And while you're there, check out our online shop where you can buy exclusive Under the Tartan Sky logo apparel and other items. Have an idea for a future episode? Well, get in touch via email at info at underthetartansky.scot. Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, where our username is at underscore tartansky. That's the underscore symbol, Tartan Sky. And thank you for listening.